Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Before you're seated, we're going to read one verse, but we're going to teach on the, on the uh, subject today on uh, seek divine favor. Seek divine favor. It's continuing in our series of Made for More. And our opening verse is from Matthew chapter 13, verse number 12. For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Amen. You may be seated. Seek divine favor. You know, it's important that each one of us seek divine favor in our lives. And that's basically the favor of God. Uh, we need that as a child of God. Because without his favor, we will not get very far in his kingdom. Um, and, you know, every one of us, even though uh, we don't maybe think of ourselves as a leader, every one of us, every believer in God is a leader in one way or another, whether it be a church home, school, work, or in life in general, somebody is watching you, somebody is looking up to you, somebody is, uh, uh, you know, being encouraged by you, and our ability to lead is determined by our capacity to grow. So when we strive to be more for God uh, and live His purpose in our life, then uh, people will look to us and uh, seek our advice and follow our example. Amen. And we want to be there for them. We want to be able to give them uh, the share, the, like Peter said, to share the hope that lies within us with meekness and with fear when they ask us, you know, why do we have hope? So when we begin to grow toward our full potential, we're more likely to keep growing. Once you begin to grow in the Lord, you'll gain more opportunities to further your growth and leadership your growth will fuel itself. Amen. And when you begin to grow in one area, you'll also grow in another area. And when we, we talked about spiritual authority uh, a couple of weeks ago, and when we invest that spiritual authority that God has given us, uh, we will grow. And as we grow, he'll give us more spiritual authority, which in turn will open up more doors of opportunity, greater wisdom, and greater favor with God. Greater favor means greater growth in our experience and walk with God. So you see that text verse that we read, whoever has to him more will be given and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Now this verse is not talking about just money or possessions. This is not, uh, not, has nothing to do with the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer. It's talking about spiritual authority and using the talents and the giftings that God has given us. So he'll give us more. Now, th this, uh, this verse comes uh, and it talks uh, kind of along the lines of the, the parable of the talents. When, when the uh, master of the house wanted to leave, he, he had these three servants and he gave them one, five talents, one, uh, two talents, and the third servant... He gave one talent and he said, you know, go and do something with these talents. And when I come back, we'll have an accounting 
of the situation. And we know that when he came back, the one that had five made other five, so now he had ten. The one that had two made other two. He had four. And the one that had one, he buried his talent and he just presented the same exact thing that God had given him. And God, uh, the, uh, the Bible says that the master of the house said something very interesting. He said in Matthew 25, 28, therefore take the talent from him, talking about the guy with one, take his talent and give it to the one that has 10 talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Now, some people on the surface will read that and say, man, that doesn't seem fair. Well, God doesn't, it doesn't judge, uh, go by fairness like the world's definition. God is just and God is right. Amen. And God, when he gives us something, we need to do something with it. Amen. We don't need to bury our talent because divine favor works both ways. We gain it by using what God has given us with authority, confidence, and faith or we can lose it by burying our talent and neglecting his word and his will in our daily lives. Amen. And that's why, so this poor guy, he went from one to zero, and then this guy has 10, and he's going to have 11 now, because whoever has will be given. Amen. When you grow, you'll keep growing, and God will bless you. When you have divine favor, you can't help but receive from the Lord. Amen. So Luke 2.52 there's a great scripture here that talks about Jesus in his uh, humanity. It was, uh, you know, it was actually right uh, when he was 12 years old. And you remember he was in the temple with uh, his family and, and uh, you know, in Jerusalem. And then everybody left and they were like, uh, you know, I don't know, a day's journey away. And everybody thought he was with somebody else. They were in a little caravan and they thought that he was with the family. And they had to go backtrack and go back. And they found Jesus, 12 years old, in the temple with all these learned doctors of the law and Pharisees and scribes and leaders. Amen. And he was answering their hard questions and he was giving them hard questions that they could not answer. And, and his parents said, what are you, you're scaring us to death. What are you doing? He goes, hey, did you know I must be about my father's business? Amen. And this scripture, Luke 2.52 gives us insight into how we can seek divine favor. Talking about as Jesus on his human side grew in many ways. The Bible said, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So he increased in wisdom, he increased in stature, he increased in favor with God and favor with others. So the life of Jesus Christ is the greatest example we have to look for divine favor in our lives. So those four categories are what we're going to talk about right now. Amen. For the remainder of this lesson. The first one is growth in wisdom. You must learn to apply God's will to every area of your life. There's wisdom of this world, and then there's wisdom that God gives us. D Dr. Larry Leah said this, wisdom is the God-given ability to perceive the true nature of a matter and to implement the will of God in that matter. Because in life, there are many crossroads, many intersections, many forks in the road. Many are consequential to our spiritual growth and reaching our full potential. Some of them can be dangerous. 
So we need to proceed with caution using the wisdom of God. Because see, we get to the intersection of our personal ambitions and the call of God. Which one are we going to take? We get to the junction of our personal desires and our vows to be faithful to God. We get to the crossroads of financial pressure and personal integrity. What are we going to choose? We need the wisdom of God to choose the right thing. King Solomon, he had huge shoes to fill as his David, uh, dad David passed away. And he came into the, you know, the ruling the kingdom and he didn't know which way was up. He, he felt uh, inadequate, unprepared, and overwhelmed. And God came to him one night in a dream and said, ask what you want and I'll give it to you. And he could have asked so many things, but he only asked for one thing. Lord, I need wisdom to lead this people. I need wisdom to know how to judge the right thing for this people. And uh, God was so impressed with that request that he not only made him the wisest man in the world, he also gave him many other things. And this wise man wrote in Proverbs 4, 7, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. And the fastest way we can get wisdom is to have a healthy fear and respect for God and his word. For the Bible said, Psalm 111 and 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all they that do his commandments. Amen. So when we seek God for wisdom, we'll have divine favor with God. James 1, 5 said, now if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. If, we, if you need wisdom, just ask God. He loves to give wisdom. Amen. That's a great prayer request. Lord, I need wisdom to be the best spouse I can be. Lord, I need wisdom to be the best parent I can be. Lord, I need wisdom to be the best employee or student I can be. Amen. Or just the best person I can be. And as our loving, heavy father, uh, you know, he warns us uh, things that we ought to avoid as we journey toward our full potential. Amen. God will warn us. God will uh, will speak to us. Uh, amen. A still small voice. He'll tell us, hey, you know, don't do, don't do that and don't go there. And, and he'll give us the wisdom to navigate this life. Amen. If we will have ears to hear what the spirit has to say. So it's up to us to seek for the wisdom, amen, of God so we know how to proceed. There'll be times that we need to go through crossroads and other times we need to avoid the crossroads altogether. Amen. Some mountains you crawl over and ask God for the strength to get over it. Some mountains, uh, amen, you go around uh, and some mountains you speak to and say, hey, you get out of the way. And so God gives you the wisdom to know what time to do what. Amen. Our second um, key to uh, divine favor is growth and stature. You must grow to maturity in Christ. Now, the word stature has two meanings. The first one is the physical height of a person when standing upright. Amen. Like this. You know, I, I don't have great posture, so, okay, I'll stand upright for a second. Okay, that's good. All right. So, that's, that's your size. Amen. So physically speaking. The second definition of stature is the status or standing of a person gained as a result of growth or achievement such as reputation, name, 
or character. So growing to our full potential in God does not happen overnight. It takes time. One day at a time, sweet Jesus, that's all I'm asking from you. Some days are better than others, but I just got to get up every day and say, Lord, help me to be a better person and get my stature in you better every day. Because when we diligently apply biblical principles to our lives, we will grow in the stature and the fullness of Christ. Paul told the Ephesians in chapter 4, verse 11, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. That's called the fivefold ministry. Verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That is a description of somebody's walk with God and someone's life with God. That's not happening in the, you know, the minute you get saved. That's not happening a week later or a year later. That's happening between now and the time you take your last breath or now until Jesus comes and calls you home. Amen. We are all looking for the knowledge of the Son of God. We are all striving to be perfect in His eyes. They're talking about biblical perfection. And we're all trying to measure up to the stature of the fullness of Christ. But when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we'll see him as he is. Until then, I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm still trying to be, seek his divine favor in my life. Amen. So when we come to the Lord, he gives us a new nature. We become a new creation. He gives us a new lease on life. And as we grow in the stature of Christ, we need to live up to that stature stature. Amen. And being a good example of what a true believer in God should be. Now, this is a true story. There was a man named Robert Lane, and in 1958, he and his wife had their first son, and he named that son Winner. So his first son was named Winner Lane. Amen. And so how could you lose with a name like Winner Lane, right? This guy's going to be, you know, he's going to go take the world, you know, by the tail and he's going to conquer it or whatever. And a few years later, the Lanes had the second son, a, a man. And for some crazy reason, they named him Loser. So you got Winner Lane and Loser Lane. And so how can you lose with a name like Winner and how can you win with a name like Loser? But Loser Lane actually had a very successful life. He graduated from college. He became a sergeant in the New York Police Department. And as a sergeant, nobody calls him loser there. Amen. And his co-workers just call him Lou. But on the other hand, Winter Lane, he's not done too well in his life. He's got a, a, a criminal record as long as your arm, three dozen arrests. Amen. So the moral of the story is, we can't just be a Christian in name only. Amen. A title is not going to make who we are. We must think, talk, and act like a Christian. And the best way to do that is to seek the divine favor of God by keeping his word, trying to keep his will, and walk with him every day. Amen. Praise God. So we must grow into our identity as a child of God. We must live up to the calling that God has given us. Amen. But, you know, and that, that, uh, that's what growing in stature is all about. Praise God. Uh, you know, uh, 
A growing faith is not accidental. It's, in, it's intentional. A growing faith is intentional. And we don't fall into a leadership position in our life, whether, whether it's whatever part of our life, we have to grow into a leadership position. You don't fall into it, you grow into it. Our third uh, key to divine favor is growth and favor with God. You must live faithfully according to God's word. Favor with God is right standing with God that results in blessings. These blessings are often not just for ourselves, but also for others. Amen. To help us and others get to the next level. It's all about growth. Amen. We don't want to, you know, when you're first uh, saved, you are considered a new convert or a babe in Christ, but we don't stay that way. Amen. Right? Praise God. I don't know about you, but if I see an, a, a nine or 10 year old still have a pacifier, something's wrong with that picture. Amen. Or a bottle because someone is not uh, training that, that child uh, to grow like they're supposed to. So these blessings are often, you know, they, God will give it because we need it. But just like uh, Paul said, he gives us the comfort that we can comfort others. He gives us the love of God that we can help others. Amen. Well, I think about Mary, the mother of Jesus, right? She, uh, because she was a humble, the angel appeared to her and said, you know, because, you know, uh, you're, you know, she was a humble and faithful servant of the Lord. The Bible said she was highly favored of God. She had divine favor and the Lord was with her and she was blessed among women. And because of this divine favor, she was chosen for the higher purpose and the higher calling to give birth to the Son of God. Amen. That's powerful. She, it didn't just happen. God didn't just randomly pick somebody. He picked somebody that had already been faithful, that already sought divine favor. Samuel is another example of someone from a boy. Amen. Sought favor with God. 1 Samuel 2.26 said, And the child Samuel grew in stature, and in favor both with the Lord and men. So how does a person gain favor with God? The very first psalm written by King David, Solomon's dad. Amen. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, which bringeth forth his fruit and his season. His leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Amen. That is how we get divine favor. Amen. It's the, it's the blessed person that doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand or sit. You see, that's a progression. You're walking, and then you, you start listening to somebody, then you stand there too long, and then you sit down, and you're in big trouble. you got to keep walk on by. Walk on by. Amen. I think there was a song back in the 60s. Walk on by. That's what you got to do. Amen. And walk for God. And walk in His Word. Amen. And be an example. Praise God. Sometimes we got to say no. Praise the Lord. So telling the truth, that's how uh, one way to have divine favor. It's very important to God. He delights in those that are honest. That's important for God, with God. You talk about, you read scriptures, 
how, about a lying tongues and abomination to him. I mean, that, that's some serious talk and language in the Bible. So we need to be honest with God. And one of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not bear false witness. We know that. And another thing is, it, to, to obey is better than sacrifice. Being obedient to God, His will and His word is better than sacrifice. And what's the difference? Well, if God says, okay, I want you to go over there and, you know, do this for like, you know, uh, for today and tomorrow. And you don't do that, but then you go over here and you decide you're going to do this for like three weeks. And man, I, I did a greater sacrifice. I did it for 21 days. And he only asked me to do this over here for two days. See, that's my sacrifice, but that I didn't obey. So my sacrifice is not as good as obedience. I need to obey the Lord. Amen. God delights in those who do justly and love mercy, which means they treat others fairly and are honest in their dealings. Amen. So just be, being a Christian is not someone in just in name only. We need to actually live it and walk in this way. You see, God, you read the Bible, God has a special place in his heart for the weak among us. He sure does. God cares about uh, all hopeless and helpless people, and uh, he will not tolerate anybody who mistreats him either. You read about people that in the Bible that mistreated certain of these weak categories of people, and God wasn't too pleased with the situation. Now, those that fall in this category, some of those that fall in this category, the fatherless, orphans, widows, the poor, those with disabilities, amen. I'll tell you, those who stand up for the weak and the helpless will find favor with God. That's why Jesus said, remember the poor, amen. Remember the poor. And, uh, and, and, and you know, and, you know uh, true religion is, you know, uh, helping the fatherless and the widows, James said in chapter one, praise God. And our last key to divine favor is growth in favor with others. To grow in favor with others, you must serve or minister to them. Amen. Now, favor with others is not fame or popularity. Like, hey, I just want, I want to get in good with them so they can, you know, open some doors and introduce me to that person, whatever. We're not just talking about that when it comes to God. We're talking about favor with others so that they will come to God and they will change their ways and they will live for him and be blessed and acknowledge the Savior. Praise God. And so it's not about receiving something from others because remember, God so loved the world that he gave. And Jesus said it's better to give than to receive, which means it's better to minister than to be ministered to. And the word minister just means servant, someone who serves. See, saved people serve people. Saved people are about their father's business. Saved people are zealous for good works. Amen. And doing good. So we find favor with other people by offering something to them. As God's people, we have so much to offer people. And we could share Jesus and what he's given to us. Amen. We can tell them our testimony. We can share our, about healing and all kinds of stuff he's done for us. The love of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God, the comfort of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, a new hope. That's just to name a few things we can share with others. Ephesians 2.10 said, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand 
beforehand that we should walk in them. And Titus 2.14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. So we will find favor with God through serving and helping others. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 3, Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on a tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. And I close with this. There was an Albanian nun come to uh, named Sister uh, Mother Teresa. I guess she was Sister Teresa for the first while, and then after uh, she was discovered of all that she had done uh, for uh, for the helpless and the hurting and the dying in India, uh, she she became Mother Teresa, and many people know about her. But there's a, it's a, a fascinating her story. We're just going to talk a little bit of, about it right now, but. She served the poor and dying in one of the most populated cities in India, Calcutta. And before Mother Teresa became world-renowned, a famous English journalist named Malcolm Muggeridge heard about her and traveled from England to India to interview her. Now, this, this journalist, he was a very controversial figure. He, uh, he lived a life of heavy drinking, a womanizer. He was known as a person that was really full of himself. And, uh, but he, you know... He uh, wanted to go find out about uh, this, this lady that was helping people in India. Because uh, see, Mother Teresa, she started a hospice in a building that the city allowed her to use. And over the next weeks after they gave her that building, uh, months and years, she proceeded, her and her team proceeded to literally pick 20, 23,000 destitute people off the streets. They were dying men, women, and many children and they were sick and they were dying to take care of him at this hospice. And after a few days of uh, observing Mother Teresa working with these dying people in the hospice, uh, Mr. Muggeridge, who was obviously a very selfish and callous person, he tried to offer her some advice. And he thought she was spending too much time with the people that had no chance of living, and she should have been spending more time with those that she you know, knew had a better chance of surviving. And that's what he told her. And, uh, and, you know, and many of those people that were dying were children. And Mother Teresa responded by asking him a question. What is the worst thing that could happen to a person? And he hem-hawed around trying to you know, give her a politically correct answer. And, and, uh, and she just stopped him and said, the worst thing that could happen to a person is that they would be unloved. Unloved. And he said, well, what exactly are you doing for these dying people? And she said, first of all, this is her quote, we want to make them feel that they are wanted. We want them to know that, they are, that, they, uh, that there are people who really love them, who really want them, and uh, at least for a few hours, they had to live, amen, to know uh, human and divine love, even if it was only for hours or days until they died. And then it, it's, so, it's so impacted and changed Malcolm Muggeridge that he went back to England as a changed man. He wrote the book, Something Beautiful for God, Mother Teresa of Calcutta. And within a short time, the nun who had devoted her life to showing God's love to dying people became internationally known 
and Malcolm Muggeridge became a convert to Christianity. Amen. This is the power of finding, you know, getting God's favor in your life and, and, and let it shine on others and finding it with others. Amen. When we unselfishly serve, putting mercy into action while standing on the truth of God's word, we will gain the respect of others. Not everybody will agree with us, but they'll respect us because we're standing for something. We're, we're, we have some convictions about things. And we also gain an ability to lead favor with others uh, is the respect that comes from loving others as Christ loved us. And when we have the favor of God in our lives, doors will open for us. We will have the blessings of God, the protection of God, the power of God, and the provisions of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. And this will enable us to grow and in turn lead others to the Lord so that they can grow and be blessed as well. Amen. Would you stand with me? What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast and may God bless you.